Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. We, my beloved, are to never give up on Christ Jesus. Because let the warning go out this morning of Revelation 21.8, where it talks about the cowardly because you see the bible defines cowardly as someone who was in the lord tasted the goodness of the lord and for whatever reason left jesus maybe on their part it wasn't intentional like I'm just leaving Christ but over time once they take their focus off of Christ and put it back onto the world put it back on the cares of life get back into sin being entangled and enslaved once again and you start backsliding and then you start dibbling and dabbling over there in the kingdom of Satan. Well, over time, you will leave Jesus. And the Bible calls that being a coward because you were on fire for the Lord. You turned your life over to Christ you walking in righteousness and then something happened and i believe the reason why the holy spirit always have me start off the podcast about we must never give up on jesus no matter what the situation because we saw how peter walked on water toward Jesus until he started looking at the sea, looking at all the turbulent of the waters, and then he started to drown. And we must remain in faith. Amen. And with that being said, leading up to the topic of the day, that evil has to be avoided at all all cost. Listen, folks, dire warning. We are living in the last hour of the last hour. These times are the later times that the Bible talked about how there will come a time Paul was telling us that it will come a time when people will turn away from sound doctrine, turn away from the teachings of Jesus, and to turn to myths and, and 
um, fables and false doctrines. You want to know why? They want their ears to be tickled, to be massaged. Because they want to, like the Bible tells us, they want to heap upon themselves <clears throat> like-minded, sin-craved, lustful desires, teachers that exhibit all that they are into so that when they go to these apostate churches, they won't be convicted of their sin. They will not go to a fellowship that preaches and stick to repentance, hell, if you don't stop it. You ain't going to make it because Jesus' first message out the gate was to repent, to turn to God. Otherwise, you too shall likewise perish. <clears throat> Jesus did not start off his earthly ministry talking about how you can live your best life ever and that how once you come to me, you don't have to worry about sin because we never going to talk about that. All we're going to talk about is sweet heaven and the by and the by. And how you can get rich in this lifetime. Nowhere in the scriptures that Christ makes it okay for us to stay in sin. Not, not after what he has done for us on the cross. He abolished the control that sin had over our whole entire lives. So, of course not. Of course not. He doesn't want us to get back entangled in sin again. And that is why he warns us, warning after warning, about these false prophets and teachers because that's all they want to tell you is how you can live this fantabulous life in Christ while you still are in sin because at the end of the day according to them God is going to take everybody into heaven just because we say we believe in Jesus but our lives tell the direct opposite of that. So, that's what I want to talk about today. How evil has to, must, we must avoid it. Because when we preach this gospel, the gospel that Paul preached, not that mega church preacher, because he ain't preaching nothing about the true gospel. No, they preach what Paul was talking about, another gospel. Because when you preach the, the true gospel, you can't leave out God's judgment when you preach the gospel. Because if you let the likes of a Joel Osteen, your Creflo Dollars, your, your Kenneth Copeland's, and your Rick Warren's, and your Bill Johnston's, and your Joyce Myers, and your Bishop T.D. Jakes in them. All they want to talk about is prosperity, about the love of God, where God does not want you to be sick, broke, busted, and disgusted. So they only teach on one side about how God is full of grace, amen, and that he is love, amen. And even, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're right, because even in that teaching, they twist that still. It's not like they preaching only on one side of 
the count only on one side of the council of the word of God and teaching that right. No, they twisting even that. They they aren't even talking about hell and damnation and about God's wrath to come. All they want to focus on is the rapture and, and how we're going to live such great lives. But while we're here on the earth, oh, we can be rich, don't have any problems. You will never be sick. But that's not what Jesus preached at all. He told us, in this world, you are going to have tribulation. You will have a hard time, especially... Especially if you are preaching my gospel because the world hated me. Oh, they are going to hate you too. Why? Because we are preaching this one, this gospel. So, before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we want you father we ask for your help today we seek your wisdom show us the evil show us what we need to avoid because as we study in your word as we study these scriptures we see that sin separates us from you we see that eternal consequences come behind when we don't come out of our sins thank you father for sending the lord jesus christ to save us thank you for your awesome plan of salvation we need it to be saved thank you through your son for reconciling us back to you because, Father, we sinned. We sinned against you. We were rebellious. We were obstinate. We were stiff-necked, stubborn, just outright enemies of the cross. But, Father, even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. Father, we repent of our sins. We don't want to go back out there into that wicked world. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to have hate in our hearts. We want to love our brethren. And if rebuking needs to be done, if encouragement needs to be done, if fellowship needs to be done, we are to never stop loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. We do it gentle. And we also bring out that hammer. Cry aloud and spare not. We are to give out the warning. Christ is coming back. We must put away the evil and turn to you, Father. So, Father, I pray for wisdom and discernment. Open my eyes to the deep things in your word. May the Holy Spirit show me the goodness therein. Father, bless your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. Father, make your name great in this earth because there is is no other God but you. We will serve no other God but the true and living God, God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God whom we will serve and to please until you come to take us home again. And if Jesus tarries in his coming, May we be not ashamed when you call us out of this body suit. And I pray this 
And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So, like I was saying, we cannot leave out God's judgment when it comes to preaching the gospel. Because as far as this podcast, okay, I've told y'all from the beginning, this is not the Cynthia Small show. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the Holy Spirit gave me a mandate. He gave me a message and that message is on repentance. That's all this ministry is about. When I say that, yes, we talk about the love of God because the love of God commands all men to repent. And this is the lane that he put me in. Yes, some people's ministries is about encouraging, lifting up the brethren. Yes, because just like over there on Facebook, a.k.a. The Lion's Den, a.k.a. my second job that I love, 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 I can't tell you how encouraged I was when I had did a post and this precious sister was was saying that how she believes that she's lukewarm and she was crying allowed about that how that's not how she wants to be because I did a post about um the lukewarm Christian and the Holy Spirit convicted her that she's lukewarm she was saying that and she wanted to know what were some of the signs and so I I I told her what some of the signs were and she says, well, I believe, yeah, that's me. And so I was encouraging her. And then another sister in Christ, oh, she came with the love. Oh, she <laughs> she blessed me with this ministry of encouragement and lifted up. It was so sweet. It's like I wanted to cry. And so did she. And we just praising and loving on that sister you know, thank, thanks for that word. Glory be to God. And then you get my ministry. <laughs> oh, I love it, though. You know, it's all about bringing out the hammer. It's all about sparing not. You know, so God calls each and one of us to a different service in the body of Christ. He give us certain gifts. Some people have the gift to teach and to encourage and to serve and to ser and to have mercy. All of that, all what we do together collectively is for one purpose, to serve Jesus. Because he's the head of the church. He's the head of his body. But we come together under him, unified, edifying one another. So over here on this podcast, what you're going to hear is all about exposing the false teachings and doctrines and these pastors that's spitting out all of these traditions of men with their doctrines of devils. You want to hear about repent, that we must stop sinning, and how the fruit of that changed life, the fruit of repentance must be showing up in your life, you know? And so, God has me on that lane. And so, that's why sometimes... Sometimes, if not all the times, I be going off because I hate evil. I hate wickedness. I hate sin, especially knowing all the sin and the wickedness that I was in calling myself a Christian. 
And one day, glory be to God, he he put this ministry. It wasn't like a church ministry. It was this it was this wonderful sister in Christ. She was teaching on repentance, like not just saying that you're sorry, confessing that sin, and then you get right back to the sin, taking God's uh, wonderful grace as a license to sin. And then she started breaking down about church corruption uh, where the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed was concerned and all of these traditions of men that we thought were uh, biblical and scriptural and just walking us through the Bible and letting us know that what they were doing, they took all of that out of context. And then when you get into the word for yourself and you study this out and you're like, God didn't say that. He was saying this. And so it just set my spirit on fire about repentance. And all the while, God was directing me to this lane here. That's why I gravitated to that because most people don't want to always talk about hell. Most people don't always want to talk about the wrath of God to come and that how Jesus is coming back, not as that babe in a manger, but as the lion of Judah to deal with his enemies, okay, by his word. So, yeah, it be going down over there on Facebook on my page, which is cool because when we are stuck in our sins and we playing around with it and we still talking about how, yes, Jesus is the Lord of my life, it, it cannot be just like I was deceived to think that he was in my life. So that's what I want to talk about because we must recognize we must we must recognize and affirm that it is the preaching of the gospel that God uses to bring salvation to lost sinners. And once the born again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ understand what the gospel, the true gospel because the problem with the modern church is that they preach another gospel. Listen, you will be hard pressed, pressed to find a brick and mortar building that is actually preaching this. They're not requiring the people to tithe according to the law no if you want to give give out of the 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 cheer the cheerfulness and the willingness of your heart you it hard pressed to find anyone not preaching that once saved always saved they doing something okay because you cannot open up a church under a denomination and think that God is going to be in that fellowship. Not after through the Holy Spirit, Paul said that the church of Jesus Christ should have no schisms. There should be no divisions, denominations, whether they're called non-denominational, Baptist, Pentecostal, uh, Lutheran, uh, Latter-day Saint, Scientology, all of those different branch-offs are in contradiction and in direct violation of the scriptures. So, to even walk through their doors, okay? You know what you are about to hear, and it's not this gospel. Because if they turn to the part about, <clears throat> if they turn to the part about there should be no divisions, they're not going to say, and we stand in direct violation of it. They're not doing that. They would uh, uh, roller skate all around that, interpret it to mean something else. So, no, because First John chapter 2, at the tail end of chapter 2, 
John was telling us that we no longer need man to teach us anything. We have the Holy Spirit. And what he teaches is the truth. It is never a lie. So don't let them browbeat you that you must have a church home. That's another false doctrine and teaching because if they can't get you into that building, then they can't get your money. So, of course, they say, oh, you must be a member of somebody's church. Oh, you oh, you need to have a church home. How are you going to learn about the word of God? From his Holy Spirit, that's whom. The word of God and the teaching of it does not rest on man teaching us like as if that's the mandate. Yes, we have Bible teachers, of course, so that we can edify one another, but we don't sit in authority over a particular uh, a flock. No, they are there to shepherd them, to bring them to Jesus, keep them within the confines of the true wholesome teachings thank you holy spirit of the word of god preparing them to meet jesus and that's all we try to do is to get the people because i'm not a pastor i'm not a, a preacher i don't have authority over men at a church so all we try to do is to get people prepared to meet the living God. Amen. Myself included. Listen, I got to keep my nose clean. Okay? Because Paul was like, you know, having preached the gospel and I myself, if I don't keep this body in subjection, then I myself find myself to be a castaway. No, this is for me too. Glory be to God. And so we must consider three things. That first, we need to preach about hell so people will know why. Why the gospel is necessary. Because look, we all sinned. We all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So say Romans 3.23, and have turned aside and gone our own way. So say Isaiah 53.6, and as a result of this, God stands ready to bring judgment upon all such people who scorn him, who obey not the gospel who rejected Jesus and his word. All we got to do is turn to 2 Thessalonians 1.8. It talks about this. Listen, God, holiness, and his justice demands it. He will by no means clear the guilty. The sinner will not get away with their wickedness. Oh, it may seem like it. It may seem like, oh, they live in large, they rich, they just doing everything and nothing is happening to them. They are steeped in evil. But listen, let us not be mistaken because it's, uh, uh, Exodus 34, 7 talks about that. The guilty will be punished. They not getting away with this. So yeah, this is indeed some bad news. But there is good news. Christ Jesus. So. It is bad news though. It's bad news that leads somewhere. Because against this dark backdrop. Will the gospel truly be understood as the good news it really is? Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because like I was saying that, I thought the good news of the gospel 
was that how Jesus died so that I could be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and rich now. And then when I get to heaven, oh, I'll be super rich. No, Jesus told us don't store up treasures for yourself on this earth. But we should be storing up treasures in heaven by how we live in according to his word. So for me, sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel, I think I can count one time that he was talking about uh, hell and what happens to a person when when they die. But the, the, but that was it. It was like a video clip and that was it because they they downgraded sin to be a blessing blockers. It's no fear about sin when you're talking about how it's a blessing blocker. How if you keep on sinning, then God can't send you that Cadillac. You you are blocking his hand from sending you that wonderful inflated bank account. You are, you are stopping him from giving you the house, the car, and the land, and all the money, and all the uh, entertainment and goodness of this life while you're living. Because when you're in sin, that's a blessing blocker. So where is the motivation? Where is the fear of the Lord in that? Because I don't need a Cadillac. I already got three. Okay. I don't need another mansion. I already got four. Okay. I'm I'm not really hurting for money because I got two million dollars just sitting in the bank, not even being touched. So when I'm in sin, okay, so I'm not getting my tenth Cadillac. Okay. So no. No. Secondly, what what Jesus was doing on the cross will not be understood apart from the judgment of God. That's why the full counsel of the Lord must be preached as well. Because what was going on as Jesus hung on a Roman cross between heaven and earth? Because see, if we don't get if we don't get the teaching of what happened at the cross that day, then we won't understand the true gospel. We would just think that, oh, it's about Jesus being resurrected and we go to church on Easter. Yeah, good news that, that Jesus didn't stay in the ground and that he's back in heaven now. But what does all that mean? Because... I didn't know what it meant. I knew as far as the gospel, I understood it as, okay, well, Christ died for our sins so that we don't go to hell and that we can be saved and that we shouldn't be doing bad things anymore. That's it. I never knew about what happened when that blood was shed. I never knew about the atonement. I never knew about the mercy seat of God. I never knew that how, how God uh, used this, this whole plan of his to reconcile us back to him. I didn't understand that how we, in fact, broke fellowship. See, I didn't know all of that heavy teaching. All I knew was about some pagan Easter and we we uh, get all dressed up and we do Easter eggs hunts and we uh, chew jelly beans and suck on chocolate bunnies and and we we shouldn't be sinning like that because yeah God watches everything and and okay but I'm still meeting Bob over at the noontime hour every day and he's married and we having sex. So listen, because what was going on, the question on the floor was, what was going on as Jesus hung on a Roman cross between heaven and hell? Well, the Bible uses a powerful and important word to describe it, propitiation, because in this 
in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And that's first John four ten, because propitiation means a substitute stood in the place of a punishment that was rightly due to someone else. And in this case, it God's wrath, that punishment, that lake of fire, that was due to us. But Jesus on purpose laid down his life as a sacrifice to appease the wrath of God so that it was diverted onto him. God poured out his full wrath on Jesus because the Bible says that God made Jesus to be sin. And so all of his wrath got diverted onto Jesus. And so he was the sacrificial lamb. He was the substitute. He was the one that appeased God's anger. And God accepted Jesus' sacrifice on his behalf. And so once we come to Christ and we are now in Christ, well, God's wrath is no longer upon us because that penalty got paid by Christ dying on the cross on our behalf. And so propitiation is that sacrifice, that wonderful sacrifice that turned away God's wrath from us. So, in other words, although we justly deserve God's wrath because of our sins, someone took our place and suffered our punishment for us so that we can be forgiven and made right with God. Jesus did this for us. So we see that Jesus is the sacrifice. He is the one who took our place and suffered the wrath of God on our behalf. All we got to do is look at Galatians 3.13 because cause you see, he wasn't just setting he wasn't just setting us an example of sacrificial love on the cross. No, he was offering himself as a divinely appointed substitute for our salvation. Look at 1 Peter 3.18. It talks about this because in short, he suffered the full weight of God's wrath for his people to folks come on now to never mention hell or the wrath of God is to never mention the very heart of what Jesus was accomplishing for our salvation amen thirdly okay the lost will not be warned about the danger they face if hell is not preached because I'm talking about, I'm talking about how we can't leave out God's judgment when we preach in this gospel. And that's why people mock and scorn. That is why they, they always talking about, well, if Jesus is coming, then where he's at? They've been saying he was coming. Oh, trust me, he's coming. And that's why we preach the gospel in such a way that we have to let people know of the dire, the dire situation of what's going on with them if they don't come out of their sins. We must let them know you're going the wrong way. Turn around. And turn to God. We, we, we were all going the wrong way in direct opposite 
of Christ of Christ Jesus. So we must warn about the danger that if they don't stop sinning, they will go to hell as they await the final judgment. Because surely part of the gospel message is warning people about what will happen if they do not come to Christ. The Bible tells us that God is love and that he, he demonstrated that love by sending Jesus. Because the false message out there is that how God, how God loves the sinner but hates the sin that's not true i was talking about this the other day on the podcast no the wicked will not stand in his presence god abhors he hates the workers of iniquity because it keeps us separated from him it makes light of what jesus did for us folks must I go through the bloody, horrific details again about Christ Jesus' death on the cross? Yes, I will. I heard you. Yes, I will. Listen, the book of Isaiah chapter 52 tells us all about it. It tells us what he looked like hanging up there on the cross. They, them, them Roman soldiers, after the Pharisees, Sadducees, the elders and the scribes and the children of Israel turned Jesus over to Pontius Pilate to be crucified, they flogged him. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails before they nailed him to that cross. Do we understand what a cat of nine tail, tails is? It is a weapon that these barbaric Roman soldiers fashioned. They, they took these leather straps, turn, uh, um, formed a handle on it, and at the end of each leather strap were like broken pieces of uh, like bone and metal and like these sharp objects so that when they whipped you with it, it tore your flesh from your body. And it wasn't just on the back that they focused on. Goodness knows how long these straps were. But when they whipped you with it, it got your front, your back, your face, your legs, your body, all of that. Jesus was whipped to a bloody pulp. He didn't. The Bible talks about over there in Isaiah 52 that Jesus was unrecognizable as a human being after they got done with our Lord. Yeah, and and it talks about how when the people saw Jesus hanging up there on the cross, they were astonished. It, the Bible says that they were appalled at what they were looking at. Why? Because he didn't look like a human being. What you mean this is a man? It don't look like a man. They were horrified. The Bible says that Jesus was mutilated. He was mutilated so much to the point that he didn't even look human any longer. What must that have looked like to be beat to the point of your body doesn't even look like the form of a man any longer? And that's what Jesus endured and suffered as he went to the cross on our behalf. So, we cannot be deceived that we can stay in willful sin and make light of this gospel. Because, what was I saying before I got there? Right, about, about how this gospel message, it is a warning about what will happen if they do not come to Christ. Because, see, God uses this to bring people to his son. 
And one of the means he uses is to warn the lost people of the danger they are in. Because God himself said over there in Ezekiel 33, 11, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn back. Turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Amen. And Jesus also calls men to remember Lot's wife and the judgment that God poured out upon her. All you got to do is turn to Luke 17, 32 for that. We must turn from sin Turn from the wickedness because it is not God's will for any man to perish. Just like he was declaring over there in um, Ezekiel that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. That's what God takes pleasure in. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So it's only when people see their great need to be saved from such punishment that they run to Christ for salvation. Amen. And so that's why exposing evil is something we I do over here on the podcast because a lot of people are deceived. A lot of like I was, listen, I'm the first to raise my hand. Okay, there's things that I was doing. I didn't know that this is a sin like being in a second and third remarriage. I thought the interpretation of the scripture was that except it be for adultery, that you can get a divorce. And if there were uh, adultery committed, it's okay. For you to get a divorce. But that's not what the teaching of Jesus said. And so yeah. For some of us. We didn't know that we were in willful sin. Because it saddens me. And it disgusts me. Because. Of the amount of. Fake Christians. I I, I gotta. I have to say it like that. Maybe it can wake us all up we can't be calling ourselves followers of the lord jesus christ and being sin and not repenting taking his grace as a license to sin believing that once we are saved we are always saved because let us look at the stark reality of it all most most people who call themselves christians in america and around the world will be thrown into hell. They're rebellious. They are rebellious toward the word of God. Like I was at one point. But let me tell you, I got the big fat memo. And it's called Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. Go over there and check that out. Talking about them books. And how another book, the book of life, will be opened. And if you are not in Christ when you die, then the books of your life, every deed you have ever committed is being recorded in these books. And it tells us how what is written in them books, yep, they will judge you. And how your name is not going to be found in the book of life. And it tells us that you will be thrown into the lake of fire forever all of eternity apparently someone maybe one of them huge archangels will lift you up pick you up and throw you because you're going to be kicking and screaming for for you to be thrown right thrown cast so yeah that woke me up big time i can assure you because the first thing a rebellious person who calls themselves a Christian. 
The first thing they're going to talk about, oh, you are judging. Um, they're going to call you hypocrite. They're going to say, oh, well, um, you too were in sin. Listen, these people are rebellious towards the word of God. And when someone rebuked them, the first thing they talk about is you can't judge. I know. I know. But if you live, okay, because I had to wake up. Amen. Because look, if you live a continuous sinful lifestyle, my friend, you are not a true Christian. And I don't care what you say. Listen, time is of the essence and we got to stop playing. Okay, because God ain't playing. You playing. Yep, up the, the, the hammer's coming out. I feel it. The hammer is finna come out. Listen, you playing. You playing to think that you can stay in your sins and still get to go to heaven. God ain't playing with that lake of fire. I can assure you. So I don't care what you say because listen, we are supposed to be a new creation. Amen. Because listen. People don't like their evil exposed. They don't. And people don't like it when you expose anyone else, especially them false teachers. Them, them wolves in sheep clothing. Oh, I already know each and every time when I post over there on Facebook about these wolves and sheep clothing. Once their favorite wolf gets exposed. Oh, because see, they were all about X, Y, and Z, Pastor, being exposed. That's right, because they shouldn't be doing that. Oh, you let one of their favorite wolf get on the mini list. What you mean? He No, he's not. Oh, he's a man of God. And the Bible tells us to test that spirit. Don't just go off of what they say, who he is. Look at the fruit in his life. Who is he associating with? Is he on board with the true teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ or are he or 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 is he holding hands with the Roman Catholic pagan church with all of their satanic one world faith agenda? Come on now. Listen, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to wrap this up because listen, in closing. We are nothing without God. He's our Heavenly Father who sent us a Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And then he was buried. He was buried to testify to the fact that he actually died. God walked on this earth as a man. And he died. And when he died on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead, according to the scriptures, by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that that power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of the born again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So. We are to hate everything that God hates because Jesus is alive today. Okay. He's sitting at the right hand of God, the father making intercessions for the saints. God is alive and he watches us all, all of it. So there is a reason why Jesus says that true believers will be hated and persecuted. If you, my friend, desire, desire to live a godly life, you're going to be persecuted and there is no way around it. But you know what? I'm finding joy in it all. I'm, I'm finding joy in the mocking and the scorning of it all because that's what's supposed to happen. Okay, we are we are never to be offended by that. We are never supposed to come for them. We no, count that joy. Then we doing it right. 
glory be to God. Because if whatever you're preaching and the carnal world Christian, lukewarm Christian is slapping you on the back. That's right. Amen. High five. High five. And you you never come up against any persecution. You are never be told, oh, you're just judging. You are like you're not in sin. Or when you out street preaching and they they never call the cops on you. And all that because their sin themselves, that flesh is not being convicted. Okay. If you come in with that Joel Osteen type of sugar-coated message, do I dare say, are you even explaining the gospel right? Are you are you even preaching it right? Because the Bible tells us that the world loves their own. Okay, and if you love Jesus and you teaching what he's teaching and you living right and holy and you and, and you putting that flesh to bed and you are living right. And so all the planks are just coming out of your eyes. And now God has you on the path to get the specks out of your brother's eye. If you ain't facing no kind of heat then are you really preaching the gospel? Because I saw the difference. I, in closing, I think I've said enough. Before <laughs> I got the big fat memo sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel, my Facebook page at the time, I stumbled across, oh, it was all about the feel good. Oh, it was all about how God wants to bless you and how, you know, about them blessing blockers and, you know, watch the words that you say, all that foolishness, all of that new age word of faith messages and all this uplifting, never about hell. I couldn't find out one thing about you must repent, otherwise you going to hell. None of that. Nothing about how God's righteous judgment is coming upon you. None of that. I had like butterfly memes, roses, rose petals, a uh, blinging, uh, um, what you call those? Like blinging, uh, gifts, uh, memes, and um, it it was enough to make my stomach curl, hurl. I'm like, if this is some bleep the bleep the bleep 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 what what pill was I on it was called being indoctrinated compare that page to my page now oh <laughs> stark difference because when you are preaching Jesus sound wholesome teachings oh you want to get the backlash but count that as joy because you on the right track with that I can assure you Yep, it makes my heart feel good when when that happens. Yeah, so I think that's it. That's, that's it. Well, there we go, folks. Okay, because the person who truly loves Christ is the one who's going to stand up for Christ no matter if they lose friends, family, or the world hates us. Yep, the people will hate Christ. And and they are going to hate you by saying, Stop judging. You can't judge. So, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who, <clears throat> who convicts the world of its sin. We must never stop defending the gospel. We must expose evil. We must rebuke false teachers. And we must confront believers in love about the sin that they are in. And we must help, Father. We must be workers, laborers of the harvest to help Jesus to serve him in the recovery of the loss 
So Father, with today's teaching, I pray that it brought you glory. I pray for the body of Christ. I pray for my brothers and my sisters that we come out of sin, we repent, we don't we don't turn back to this wicked world because you rescued us. Jesus ransomed us out of the kingdom of darkness with his life. He laid it down. It was the perfect appeasement to your holy, righteous, and just wrath. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your love. And I give you all my praise, all my worship, everything within me as I obey your commands. Because they are not burdensome, Father. Teach me how to be holy. Teach me the truth. I do not want to be deceived any longer. And I pray this for my brethren as well. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Lord willing. Until next time. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Until next time. I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.